Welcome to The Bookie Corner, a podcast about the books I read and what I have to say about them. I'm Carolina, I'm your hostess, and I love books so much I decided to create a whole podcast just to talk about them. Just so you know, there will be spoilers in these episodes, so if you haven't read the books I'm talking about, be aware of that as you listen. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back, bookworms. Thanks for joining me today on another episode of The Bookie Corner. I'm your hostess, Carolina, and I love the sound of rain, especially on tin roofs. Today, I have two special guests with me, my friend and fellow, my friends and fellow bookworms, Kelsey and Erin. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well, Carolina. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you guys are here. This is really exciting. We've been planning on doing this episode for a while, but our schedules haven't coincided, so I'm glad that you guys are here. So... It is tradition around here for you guys to tell me about something that you love. Kelsey, what do you love? Well, this doesn't feel prepared at all. <laughs> Roller coasters. <laughs> love them. Is there a specific one that you really like? I honestly, all of them. Any that are thrilling. So anything that there's like a really fast and steep drop are probably my favorite. You're in. And how about you, Erin? Tell me about something you love. Mm, I love the sunshine and I wish it was out right now because I'm sick of the cold. I know, me too. It's I'm ready. After February, I'm like, hi, summer. All right. So today we're going to be discussing Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty. So what did you guys think about this book? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I think usually with books where it's really choppy with flashbacks, I don't love. Mm -hmm. But I think the way they did it and the interview style they did it in, it worked really well. I think that's what I like the most with the format. Yeah. Because I'd never really, I mean, I'm sure that there's books like that out there, but I've never read a book that had that kind of flashback with Mm -hmm. the interview. I thought that was really smart, the way that she did that. How about you, Erin? Yeah, I loved it. When I first started it, I was a little confused. I picked it up and I was like, wait a second, where is this book starting at? And, you know, I thumbed through it and then I'm like, okay, I see what's going on here. And I got into it right away, yeah. which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect either. So I borrowed Kelsey's copy <laughs> and Aaron borrowed Kelsey's copy. So Kelsey read it first. Yeah. And then Aaron read it mm-hmm. next, and then I read it. And I didn't know what to expect, because they weren't saying anything. They read it, like, weeks before I did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then when I was reading it, and I was telling them, like, oh, my gosh, I know who the killer is. And they that were like, the yes. best. I know. We oh. were, like, mm. we were dying. Yeah. We dying. Because I was you, so wrong the whole time. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know anything about the book, it starts off, and you know a murder has happened. Yeah. But you don't know who died and you don't know who the killer is. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the whole time, Carolina's sending us these guesses. Like every, (laughs) it was like every chapter I read, I had a different dead person. Like, it's this person. Then No, it was this person. And then at the end, when I saw who it was, I was like, oh, well, that wasn't unexpected. But I never really thought that it was him that was going to die. So it was just really cool. But also, it's another thing around here that we read the synopsis of the book. And I would like one of you to read it because I talk a lot. So sure. there you go, Kelsey, because the other one is Love shaking you. her head no. <laughs> <laughs> Big Little Lies follows three women, each at a crossroads. Madeline is a force to be reckoned with. She's funny, biting, and passionate. She remembers everything and forgives no one. Her ex-husband and his yogi new wife have moved into her beloved beachside community and their daughter is in the same kindergarten class as Madeline's youngest. How is that possible? To top it all off, Madeline's teenage daughter seems to be choosing Madeline's ex-husband over her. 
How is this possible? Celeste is the kind of beautiful woman who makes the world stop and stare. While she may seem a bit flustered at times, who wouldn't be with those rambunctious twins? Now that the boys are starting school, Celeste and her husband look set to become the king and queen of the school parent body. But royalty often comes at a price and Celeste is grappling with how much more she is willing to pay. New to town, single mom Jane is so young that another mother mistakes her for the nanny. Jane is sad beyond her years and harbors secret doubts about her son, but why? While Madeline and Celeste soon take Jane under their wing, none of them realizes how the arrival of Jane and her inscrutable little boy will affect them all. Big Little Lies is a brilliant take on ex-husbands and second wives, mothers and daughters, full yard scandal, and the dangerous little lies we tell ourselves just to survive. I feel like this book is about much more than just like the three women that it's talking about. I think it's about like the big theme in it is broken and blended families. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, I don't know, I think it's it's interesting to see how they all come together, like how the relationship progresses from the beginning to the end of the book. And it's not like this is, these are new second wives or new relationships. These are people who've been around each other for a while. I think it's definitely shaped by what they go through, the actual situation. Absolutely. And it starts, so it opens, like Erin was saying earlier, it opens where it has a prologue and you know that someone died right away. And there is this theme throughout the book where the police is investigating these people and they are interviewing everybody that was somewhat involved except for the very main characters maybe except for bonnie because bonnie they do interview but madeline is never interviewed and uh jane is never interviewed none of the husbands are interviewed so you never know who's dead yeah up until later erin did say that she figured it out right away i did i did not i am really really hard to please with books (laughs) And I can tell right away what the twist is going to be with this one. I was like, yeah, well, someone's dead. And when I got to the end, I mean, I did say this before. When I got to the end, I was like, oh, that makes sense that it would be this person that died. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell. And I think that's really telling of Leon Moriarty's writing style and just how talented she is and how she kind of puts all of the little hints out there that later, if you reread it, you're like, oh, duh. (laughs) I get it now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always trying to figure out the ending before I get there. And that's a mark of a good book to me, too, is if it's not overt, it's not super obvious. Not being able to tell right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, after that prologue, we learn about Jane, and she's moved to this new suburb in Australia, and it's a made-up thing, and the name is Piriwi. So, um, so Jane moves in, and she has a little boy who is about five years old, and she's a single mom, and she's just trying to make ends meet. She works as a freelance accountant, and she does fairly well for herself, except that she's just not as comfortable as the rest of the women in the area. And then she meets uh, Madeline, who has broken her ankle or her foot, something like this. She rolls her ankle. Yeah. She mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at a oh, she's at a stoplight or stop sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets out of the car. She shows the car mm-hmm. to yell at some teenagers who are oh, on their phone. True. I remember that now. And because um, Madeline's like super neurotic. Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. You said when we were reading the book cover, I think it it mentions she's a force to be reckoned with, which is true. So true. But it's interesting. Yeah, I definitely think she's more neurotic than this powerful influence, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense because when you hear, oh, she's a force to be reckoned with, you think, 
oh, super strong woman. Like she knows what's going on and she's got it going on. And then you start reading Madeline and her psyche is all over the place. Yeah, she's yeah, more like she's... just nosy and wanting to have like a hand in everything. In everything. Kind of, she right? wants to change everything. But yeah, so she yells at some teenagers and then that's how she rolls her ankle and that's how she meets Jane. Is um, Jane was behind her and so yeah. Jane gets out to help her and that's how they meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they drive someplace. I think it's like, was it a coffee house coffee or something house. like that? Mm-hmm. And they build a report with each other and Madeline really likes Jane but she also kind of hates her because Jane is only 26 whereas Madeline is turning 40 that day so she is freaking out about this it's all about the looks and Madeline lives in a way where she is absolutely aware of everything that anybody is thinking about her like that's all she thinks about is what are people going to think if this happens what what are people going to think if my daughter goes and moves in with my ex like they're going to think that I'm a bad person that I'm a bad mother that I'm crazy or or whatever it is that that we use as an excuse to kind of not live our lives fully because usually when you're thinking about other people you're not really well and not only that but I think that's like a commentary on this like modern world and how much we all have to save face oh my right? gosh yeah so if if Abigail her oldest likes her dad and and stepmom more than she likes her, what's the world going to think? Because this is all about community too. Mm -hmm. And so it's a small group where everyone knows everyone. And if they all see this, what does that mean about her? And what is everyone going to think? And are people talking about her, you know? Yeah. And also like the idea that if Abigail loves her father, then it means that she doesn't like Madeline as much. Yeah. It's just the marker of somebody who's very insecure. Mm Mm-hmm. And Madeline is extremely insecure. It's just like the way... I just really liked the way that she was written because it wasn't... Moriarty didn't go in and write out, Madeline is insecure. It was all of the actions and the, the things that she did that make you come to that realization. Madeline is also married to Ed and she has two children with him, Chloe and Fred. But she seems to be completely obsessed with Abigail because mm-hmm. of the fact that Nathan left her when she was little. This is another thing. She's yeah. constantly talking about how Nathan left her when she was little, when when Abigail was little. And just kind of putting everything that went wrong in her life up until that point was on Nathan's shoulder. It, it couldn't have been that she was making decisions that was making her life harder. It's all on Nathan because he left when she was when their baby was young. Yeah, she can't seem to let go of that, so... Which is also really cool to see in a book, because we tend to do that a lot. No, absolutely. I think this book is very telling about the modern world and and things we aren't comfortable actually admitting out loud. Yeah. That's so true. Well, and that's what she tries, you know, with, with Abigail. She's like wants to be like, you know, your dad's the one that left us. I don't understand why mm-hmm. you want to have this relationship with your dad when he's the one... Yeah, that yeah. left us. Like, there's always got to be does. fault or blame put yeah. on someone, on someone not yourself. else. Yeah. Exactly, not on yourself. Even mm-hmm. though she's a very flawed character herself, and she just doesn't see it. Um, another really important person is Celeste in this story, and Celeste was the one that in the beginning, when I started reading, so you know who Jane is from the start. You know who Madeline is from the start. Celeste is a lot more complex. Mm-hmm. I think as a character just because you start reading about her life and you think that you think that she has the perfect life, right? She has a ton of money, she has the handsome husband and she's the kids beautiful. and she's gorgeous and everybody knows and regards as a regards her as the most beautiful woman yeah, in the area. They all want to be her. They all want to be her. They all want to be her. They all want her husband like they they're all put her in this pedestal. And then very quickly after that, then you realize that her life really is basically crap. Like it's 
sucks the situation yeah. that she's in. Yeah. It's a, a behind closed doors thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put on this pretty face and mm-hmm. it looks perfect, but then what's actually happening? Also interesting that this book is set up in modern day because I feel like the story of Celeste, even if she didn't intend it, parallels social media and how we can portray just the best things about our lives on social mm-hmm. media and nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes like no one knows what happened on the day that you took that photo that's so beautiful and everybody loves so much and I think that's kind of like what the story of Celeste is kind of talking about in a way or or, I don't know if I'm reaching but I think it fits no I can yeah I can see where you're coming from like you see a pretty picture and you don't actually get to understand like the emotions that are going through it or maybe what happens an hour before the picture was taken wasn't yeah. ideal, you know? Like, so true. Like that. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it shows, I mean, you see when you're reading, like, you know, the kids and the family are together playing a wonderful game together, and, you know, and then something happens, flip of a switch or something, and it's a whole new story unfolding in front of you. And Yeah. And, um... Yeah. Yeah. And people don't get to see that yeah. part. They only see what you want them to see, uh-huh. which is exactly what uh, Celeste is doing here because Perry even though he's super successful and he um to everybody else he seems like the perfect husband and this is the funny part is that people think he's the perfect husband because he makes a ton of money and because they're comfortable they have a beautiful house and they have beautiful kids yeah, but he's they handsome. don't he's super handsome mm-hmm. and he's very charismatic but behind closed doors he's abusing his wife like in every way that you can possibly abuse someone that's what he's doing and nobody knows that until the very end of the story it's so complex but then when you're trying to i guess explain these characters so simple like that's that's it there's so much you can say about it but it's just that's it as far as like the the main issue in the book is that jane's son and then madeline's kids and all of the kids in the area go to the same school and Amabella, the daughter of this woman named Renata, who is also like one of those power moms, that she doesn't stay home. She is the kind of mom that is out in the world, working in an office. She, her daughter gets strangled during one of the meetings in kindergarten, right before they start kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And Jane's son, Ziggy, is accused of having done this because Amabella points at him when they ask him, when they ask her who did it. So then this starts this whole thing. Yeah. Between all of the moms, um, Renata just uh, starts doing a lot of really crazy things. Like, she starts hating this kid because she thinks that he did this, but there's no proof, really, that he well, did it other than Amabella's word. Yeah, and it's good to point out, too, that he denies it. Like, yeah. he tells his mom, no, I promise From you. From the start. I didn't. Yeah. And you the know? mom, you know, was like... She believes him. Yeah, believes yeah. him. I, you yeah. know... He didn't do it. He says yeah. he didn't do it, and I believe him. Yeah, because he's, he's never done anything like that. But then at the same time, Jane is constantly worrying that her son is a psychopath because turns out that the the conceiving and then the birth of her son is always shrouded in mystery from the beginning. And then you find out that it's because Jane was sexually abused mm-hmm. and always wonders if her son is violent because of that. And he He's kind of a weird kid. From the beginning, I was like, okay... This kid is weird. Like, he's so weird. And then I remember putting a message in our group chat. And and, and Kelsey was like, poor Ziggy. Of course you think Ziggy is mean. And then that's when I was like, oh, wait, maybe he's not. But what if she's trying to bamboozle me? And, like, so that I don't know. (laughs) 
but it's actually zingy. That's crazy. It's true because I try and like not say anything when someone's reading it so they can experience it all for themselves. But then at the same time, I'm like, but that's just not fair. It's like poor you know? Ziggy. He's so cute. And he has a sweet little boy in the end. He's just weird. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of kids are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's Amabella accuses Ziggy and of course Annabelle's mom is gonna believe her and Ziggy's mom is gonna believe him when he says he didn't do it and so that's how this whole like feud between the moms starts yeah they're trying to protect their own kids which is understandable which is understandable it's what we all do but then Madeline takes it upon herself even though her kids were not involved in this she takes it upon herself to just make Renata's life miserable because of it. Mm-hmm. Because Renata's trying to protect her daughter, which I, I totally get it. Like, she goes about it the wrong way. But, like, when you are a parent, usually you focus on your child's happiness and you want them to be safe. And uh, so even though Renata goes about it the wrong way, she is in her right to try to protect her daughter. But then Madeline takes it upon herself, even though Renata has been doing a lot of really dumb things. She's being a bully, mm-hmm. just a regular old bully. And kind of excluding Ziggy from things and doing it on purpose in front of Jane, who gets really angry about it. Um, And then because Madeline is close to Jane, she thinks that Renata's doing it to her, basically. Like, if you're doing it to my friend, you're doing it to me. And she starts doing a lot of crazy stuff, too. It makes me think of how violence is another theme in this book. Because not only are you aware that Perry is abusive to Celeste that Jane had a child after being sexually assaulted. But also, Jane herself says at one point, you know, if Renata was right in front of her, she would have punched her in the face. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a huge theme. And to me, I don't know, tell me what you guys think. I think it's like a physical violence is sometimes a thought or an urge we all have. And then it's up to you to control that and realize... Yeah. Like, how it affects you and how you're not going to violate anyone else's space or then you see it. So you see both sides. You see see someone who won't. And someone who will absolutely do it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought that was interesting in the book a lot, too. Yeah, that was really So it's even, it's not just, like, the main characters who are obviously abusive, but also other characters Mm -hmm. who... There's just that, like, undertone of what human beings are capable of Mm -hmm. and just like how some people act upon it and some people do not yep yeah exactly that was a succinct wrap up I like it yeah so kind of jumping forward a little bit then it turns out later on that uh, Ziggy has been playing with Amabella secretly because they're not allowed to talk to each other Mm -hmm. by the teacher because things keep happening throughout the year and people keep saying that it's Ziggy and Renata keeps accusing Ziggy of it and Jane starts to doubt what's going on and then she finds out that it wasn't Ziggy. That it was actually one of Celeste's kids, one of her twins that Mm -hmm. was doing it. Because this kid had been watching what was happening in his house, which is also another thing that I'm really... I, I was so happy to see it, even though... Kids are smart. It's sad in a way because, like, you know that this happens in real life. Yeah. This kind of stuff happens all the time. I think the thing that we forget is that just because they're little, it doesn't mean that kids don't pick up on things. They pick up on so much. And in the case of this story, both of the boys picked up on the fact that that uh, Perry was abusing Celeste. They thought they were do they were being like super sneaky about it. Like Mm -hmm. Celeste always talked about how she never allowed her sons to see her hurt. And all of this stuff, but at the same time, the kids, both of them picked up on it. And the, the what's really interesting also is the fact that they're twins, 
But one of them gives into that violence, like yeah. Kelsey was saying, and the other one does not. He mm-hmm. stays like just the sweet little boy that he always right. was. Whereas the other one, the way that he dealt with it was biting Amabella and terrorizing her mm-hmm. as well, because he would tell her that he was going to kill her yeah. if mm-hmm. she said if anything. She told anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. It it's terrifying. Crazy. I think the book is so good because it's so freaking scary. Yeah. It's sad to see, I think the scariest part of that is it's coming from a child, right? Who is still going to learn and grow and is still developing who they're going to be. And if that's like already what they're being exposed to and that's already what they're doing and saying at that age, how do they grow? Where do they go from there? After this happens and Jane tells Celeste what Ziggy had told her about Max being the one that was hurting Amabella, Celeste immediately took it seriously. Parents will tell you that your kid is doing something wrong and you don't take it as seriously because you're like, oh, my kid would never do that. And Celeste for a moment thought that and she was like, like, would he really do that? And then she assessed the situation and she took it really seriously and she figured out like, yeah, like somebody is accusing another child of doing something that my son is doing. And this is what spurs her into action, into leaving Perry, um, which it was cool, but also it kind of made me sad because she wouldn't leave him for herself. She only did it because Mm -hmm. of her kids. Which, I mean, I mean, I get it. When you're in a bad situation like that, it's hard to leave, I think. And, and so at least it was good that she had a limit where it's like her kids, that was her line. She wasn't gonna (laughs) let it affect them. Like you can take on so much yourself, but then when it starts affecting other people in your family. That's so well, true. and at least she had been going to therapy before then, and so the therapist yeah. was kind of telling her, look, you need to do this. And at least she kind of had set up something, even though she wasn't ready to leave them. She still had stuff She set was up. doing... So when that yeah. did happen, right. she yeah. was able to be at the point like, okay. It's like, there we go. I That's have this the last other thing. place set yeah. up, and yeah. I, I need to take this final step and leave him. Mm-hmm. Which takes us into the next point, is when... <laughs> He finds out that that's what's happening. He flips out. This is such a thing with abusers that... When they start losing control. Textbook. He starts losing control because she's going to leave him. And he gets a call that was meant for her. And I think she was in the shower and he picked up her phone and it was her real estate agent Mm -hmm. saying, hey, so this thing is available now. Like, when are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. So he brings it up with her and they're going to this... Trivia night. It's the trivia. Yes, trivia night. Which is where the crime happened. And so they're getting ready for this and... Perry is just, he is losing it. And he is freaking out about it. Like, you can tell that he's just, like, not... He's like, I'm not going to lose her. Like, you know something bad is going to happen. And you know that somebody died from the beginning. So at this point, for me, because I didn't know that it was Perry that died, spoiler alert, (laughs) I thought that he was going to kill Celeste. Yeah. Because usually that's what happens in the end. Like, when you have uh, the kind of abusive relationship that they had where, Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of sexual abuse and he's he hits her and... She has to hide it. Like, at one point, he hit her in the face, and she had to, like, do her makeup a certain way so that people mm-hmm. didn't know. So they get to the trivia night, and they're fighting in the car because he can't let it go. He just needs to know what she's going to do. He's out of control. And somebody knocks on the window, and uh, that's when Celeste makes her escape. She's like, I'm done. And she just runs in, and Perry runs after her. But meanwhile... Inside the trivia night, everybody is drinking, which, why? This is an elementary school. What's going on here? 
and everybody's drunk, and there's no food because apparently the caterer couldn't make it. So meanwhile, inside, Renata, who has heard that it wasn't Ziggy who has been hurting her daughter, goes and apologizes to Jane. They make up. Jane forgives her. And then all of the women kind of converge in a balcony, and they're Mm -hmm. talking about things, and then Perry comes to get Celeste, and Jane is there, and then Jane recognizes Perry as the guy who raped her. So then when she recognizes him, because she moved to that area because she knew that he lived in the area, which is crazy to me, mm-hmm. that from the beginning she knew it, like she was scared of it, but she knew that mm-hmm. it, there might be a possibility that she could run into him, and she just never met Perry as himself, because when Perry raped her, he used somebody else's name. His cousins, by the way, which how messed up is that? That yeah. you would use your family member's name to right. like commit atrocities out there, and then... Just be like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Not a big deal. So, when Jane recognizes him, then Perry realize, sees her and realizes who she is. Mm-hmm. And by then, she's already grabbing on. Yeah. And kind of freaking out. And Madeline realizes who who Perry is to her. Yeah. And then Celeste and then at this Celeste point knows, too, knows. what happened to Jane. And then Celeste looks at Perry. And there's just, and, like, this moment of realization. Yep, yeah. And so, Perry goes over to Celeste and starts beating on her and stuff. And then Bonnie, when that's happening, when he's beating on Celeste, comes up and pushes him. And he goes over the railing. And he dies. And he dies. That's how he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it, we didn't say this before, but Bonnie is uh, Madeline's ex-husband's new wife. And she is, from the beginning, described by Madeline especially as just, like, this crazy hippie, like, yogi, like, alternative medicine kind of person. And she hates her so much because she's a younger woman, which is the big theme here with Madeline. And... You don't know what to think about Bonnie. At least yeah. I didn't. Like, I didn't like her because for you're most like, of the book. Why is she so like squeaky clean? And you keep thinking that she's gonna end up being a lot crazier than she actually was. She in the end ended up being a pretty stand up person yeah. that had had a really crappy life when she was younger. So the reason why she pushed Perry over is because she had had a very abusive dad when she was younger who just did crazy things to her mom and to her. So it kind of triggered this thing in her where she couldn't see it happen to another woman. So she pushed him. She didn't intend to kill him, right. but he just went over the edge it. and died. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she just wanted to stop what was going on. Well, and also when you are thinking about how Bonnie came off to you guys and how mm-hmm. she's portrayed, you have to realize that you're seeing her through the eyes of the ex the ex-wife right so she's the one who's kind of guiding your understanding of her and your feelings towards her and everything so yeah it's understandable that the Mm -hmm. whole time you're reading the book and you're just like ah i don't know like how do you feel about her like it's yeah a big question mark but yeah it's because madeline's the one kind of guiding that yeah Yeah. well and abigail madeline's daughter you know was wanting to spend time with her and the dad and stuff and so obviously that hurts her feelings makes her jealous yeah Uh Yeah. Even more interesting is the fact that once this happens, that Bonnie explains why she did what she did, then that's when Madeline is like, oh, okay, I guess I like you now. I like how they all kind of came together and they wanted to keep the secret that Bonnie was the one that, you know, to protect her. Yeah. um, Because she was protecting um, Celeste and and they didn't want her to get in trouble for killing him. Yeah, but Bonnie ends up And that's why they were doing the interviews to figure out what happened in the beginning. Yeah. But then Bonnie ends up confessing anyway and she ends up not even going to jail because it was 
self-defense. She was defending someone else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, this book is really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it is really heavy with a lot of really... Dark themes. Dark almost. themes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's humorous in a way, but it's also terrifying because these kinds of things happen in real life. I've known people that have been abused that way, and it was just really well-crafted. I like her writing style a lot. She kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And Absolutely. Jane does get a happy ending, too. She does, with Tom. Tom's the coffee Who she thought guy. he was gay. And yes. Yeah. Then he was like, I'm not gay. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was so cute. That was yeah. adorable. And they do get a happy ending, which is nice. I, overall, I really like the book. And I know that my friends really liked it as well. Um, but this is where we're going to leave this episode this week. I hope that you guys enjoyed. And if you have anything to add to the conversation, whether you agreed or disagreed, you know where to find me. I am on Instagram as the bookie corner. Uh, let me know what you think and let me know about something that you love. We will catch you next time. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in bookworms. If you like what you heard today, tell a friend about this podcast, leave a rating or a review and join the conversation on social media. I am the bookie corner on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'd love to know about something that you love. My name is Carolina and I will talk to you next time. Bye.